You're listening to Market Like a Fintech, a podcast on a mission to find out what marketing strategies and tactics the top fintech companies use to acquire real customers, build a brand, and grow revenue. I'm Araminta, a marketing consultant at Mint Studios and partner at the Fintech Marketing Hub. Your host for today is my partner, Annie, founder of the Fintech Marketing Hub. In this episode, Annie chats with Stephanie Boker, head of marketing at Spendesk. A product marketer by trade, she lives by the mantra that customers always come first. Before Spendesk, Steph worked at Intuit and was the first product marketing hire at Gusto. Spendesk is an all-in-one spend management platform built for finance teams. They do company cards, expense reimbursements and automated accounting all in one place. They now have over 40,000 users and raised $18 million back in October last year. In this episode, Stephanie and Annie chat about how she built Spendesk's 6,500-plus CFO community, Spendesk's current marketing mix, and how they create shareable content. Let's hear from Stephanie and Annie. First, I want to thank you for joining us today and for uh, you know accepting to um, to do this with me. I just want to warn you guys that it's my first <laughs> event that I'm hosting, so um, might come across a bit nervous. Yeah, please uh, apologies <laughs> for this. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for for coming on board and, and joining us today. Um, it would be great if you can just briefly tell us a bit more about yourself, Stephanie. Where you're coming from? What you're doing at Spendesk? For, for those of you who've uh, you know been following our hub, the fintech marketing hub, for a while, um, Stephanie actually was recognized as one of the top thirty uh, most influential fintech marketers earlier this year in our campaign that we did in March. So um, she's done some really very interesting initiatives and, and things in in fintech marketing. So and projects. So I'll, I would leave to her to to explain more and to tell us a bit more. <laughs> Yeah, well, sure. Well, thanks for, for having me and for letting me be your guinea pig uh, on your first community event. But yeah, thanks. Uh, hi, my name is Stephanie. I currently lead the marketing team at Spendesk for the last uh, three years. Um, I had the opportunity to join when we were just 18 people, but now we're 18 on just the marketing team, uh, which consists of demand gen, product marketing, uh, brand, community, and comms. Um, so we're really a, a full stack team who who works on building the brand, launching new features, and uh, encouraging the adoption of those. Uh, but previous uh, to Spendesk, uh, I was a, a product marketer by training and uh, got to start my ropes out in San Francisco uh, at Intuit and then got to be the first product marketer at Gusto. But now I'm very lucky to call Paris my new home. What was it like, you know, moving from, from the States to Europe, you know, to Paris? I mean, I think Paris is one of those cities that people dream of their whole lives. So I think my expectations were super high and, and um, they were not disappointed. There definitely was a couple, I think, uh, bumpy initial like working differences, of course. Uh, but at Spendesk, we're, we're now pretty international. And I joined, I was the first uh, non-French French speaker on the team. Uh, but now we're about 40% international. So it's we've got to create kind of our own new international culture, which is quite fun. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, so um, do you want to tell a bit more about Spendesk? What exactly, guys, you're doing for those of you who don't know the company? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, thanks Raquel, for the, for the nice words. Um, yeah, so at Spendesk, um, what we're really looking to do is solve the pains of spend management. So that means anything that an employee needs to pay for at work, 
Uh, it's super seamless and easy for them to pay. But then also on the back end, it, it's very efficient and smart for how the finance team manages it. So we cover everything from travel expenses to online subscriptions to on-the-co card payments and invoices and really uh, help create and automate the process um, from approval of actual approved budget to the payment method, and then doing all of the pre-accounting work. Right now, we're, our service is available all across Europe, uh, our main core markets being France, the UK, and Germany. Um, but we also uh, offer and serve uh, US subsidiaries as well. Awesome. Awesome. Let's now, after this brief introduction, um, move a bit to, to the, the topic of uh, this session, fintech marketing um, and marketing of fintech. Do you want to, you know, from your personal perspective, you know, um, working in the, in the industry for quite, quite a while now, give us your opinion about you know, what's, what exactly is fintech marketing? Uh, if, you, if you can give it a, a definition and what's unique about marketing a fintech? <laughs> uh, I guess my, my definition of fintech marketing is creating awareness uh, and engagement with any kind of tool that's offering you know, the, the tr movement of money, I would say it's, it's, it's really what I would describe as probably the definition of fintech. How I would say it differs from other uh, types of marketing is I think one, uh, and, and first I should put a hat on that I, I do B2B. So mostly all of my, my references yeah. and, and what kind of thinking is really from a, a B2B fintech uh, perspective. But I would say with any type of marketing, I think it's important to just start with the customer and, and I would say typically I find that a B2B fintech buyer is a more pragmatic purchaser. And so therefore, I think that really influences how we run our marketing strategy, which is a very educational first marketing strategy where because we're, we're dealing with, I would say, a, a bit more of a complicated tool um, and complicated value, value prop uh, that we really aim to do a lot more teaching versus selling in a lot of our marketing. Um, yeah. So I'd say that's one difference. Yeah, generally in, in B2B, because I'm also, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a fintech marketer myself. And um, to be honest, in my career, I've mostly worked with B2B companies. And what I found really, I mean, obviously one of the biggest challenges for, for us is when you, especially when you're targeting, let's say, big corporations established incumbents even, you know, because most those, of those startups, you know, they're actually um, providing solutions for already, you know, established big banks or uh, financial institutions or other organizations uh, in, in the finance space. Um, and usually one of the biggest challenges that we're talking about really complex buying cycle, right? So mm -hmm. education is key, um, you know, to actually, especially if we talk about the new product, a new solution, um, something that, you know, in, in, in something innovative, it's, I mean, usually you would have to educate the market first as well, you know, to, uh, for them to really realize that they, they need you. <laughs> so um, I really, I really like uh, your point. Um, and I, I completely agree with your, uh, with your opinion, you know, about the fact that education is probably one of the most important aspect, especially in B2B fintech marketing. And what I can also add, and maybe you, you also agree here with me, I think when it comes to fintech marketing and people from my experience, you know, from speaking to people all the time, um, they always uh, mention the, the word trust, right? And education plays a big part in, in building and, and, you know, that gaining that trust um, in the end consumer and the prospect. So um, yeah, very valid point. Absolutely. I'd say another thing, though, that also is a, a huge advantage that I think fintechs have that not maybe all other industries have is data. Mm. I think 
one of the, the, the really key powerful elements, not only to use in adding more value for your customers and, and being able to do machine learning automation and actually creating services out of the data, but also from a marketing perspective, uh, I really believe that uh, we use it a lot to really drive a lot of our messaging, our content, and once again, kind of trying to give back to the community. Um, so I do think FinTech has a, as a, a, an unfair disadvantage because of their access to the data. To a lot of data, yeah, definitely. But do you think that actually, especially in marketers, I found this myself, that it's quite, um, for most fellow marketers, it's quite difficult um, to kind of keep, um, you know, translating that all that data into meaningful action points or, you know, I don't know, what, what's your experience? For example, what are you guys doing at Spendesk in terms of, you know, with all the data that you're collecting and, and how you um, converting this data into, you know, translating it into marketing, uh, let's say, campaigns and, uh, and initiatives? Yeah, absolutely. I would say uh, it we do kind of two components. So one, we use it for the product. Um, so the fact that we capture all spend that companies do, um, we use that data to actually give them and feedback insights and how they can start to spend smarter. But then we also use it to help indicate trends um, mm. so that we can use it for more educational content. So for example, uh, talking about what are the main suppliers that people are leveraging, because we can see what are, what what suppliers people are spending on. Um, we've also used it, uh, we worked with our community and recently we launched a salary benchmark ebook. And so we, we awesome. used to help and give, give finance leaders what are actually the, the average salaries per market. But uh, it really comes into play for, I would say, a, a large part of our, our um, marketing because it helps influence also what, what is kind of top of mind. You can see, hey, our company is actually starting to take a dip for example, during this last crazy year, we saw a huge you know, dip where people were moving their finances away from, from travel, from events, from, from maybe specific types of more in-person marketing. And we saw a huge you know, flux of, of spend and subscriptions. And that you know, helped inform a lot of the campaigns that we, were, that we were launching so that we could speak really relevantly how they were responding. Awesome. Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty cool. And everyone also talks about personalization. Are you, are you managing to use all the data that you guys are collecting, not only for, you know, those educational and, uh, you know, content campaign uh, creation purposes, but also how you, are you managing to, you know, basically achieve that, that level of personalization? Well, I mean, we're never, we're at the, I think the beginning stages of our personalization and, and, you know, I'm, I would love it to be even, even stronger than it is, but it's definitely something we're able to right now to leverage more from the customer side. Because uh, we can then, for example, recommend different components or parts of the product based on spending behaviors. But it's something that I would like to even leverage even more, you know, translate even particularly to like our website so that we can start creating just a much more personalized custom experience. So if someone comes with, you know, a certain spending pain, we can, we can talk about that instead of maybe talking about the whole product that they might not be interested in. Definitely. You mentioned the, the community a bit earlier. So um, do you want to tell us a bit more about the community and um, your experience with creating, starting this from scratch? And in the first instance, why you decided to do this, you know, to go that route and create the community in the first place? And then how, how has it been so far? Well, first, just to give a, a, a little brief kind of quick overview, CFO Connect is our, our free community. Um, global community that is uh, aimed at really elevating and connecting finance leaders across the world. 
And it really uh, created initially out of an ask from our customers, to be quite honest. It was, it was before we actually had formal marketing. And it was an ask that the customers, our early you know, couple customers had, is they asked to be connected with other finance teams because they typically were a one, two person team. Yeah. Um, and felt kind of quite alone and they didn't have comrades to to kind of discuss uh, more, I would say, strategical finance topics, discuss what kind of tools um, there and particularly in more about, say, the more the more senior finance roles, controllers, directors, et cetera. There really wasn't a space for there was a lot of wonderful accounting communities that helped um, from the accounting side, but there really wasn't much to talk about the strategic finance side. So it initially just created out of the ask from customers. So we started hosting uh, just casual meetups in our office where we got to get to know uh, the first couple community members really, really, really quickly. And then from there, we, we realized there was such an unmet need that um, we just invested in it really heavily. And so now uh, we have uh, over 6,000 members and uh, have invested in, in a lot more channels uh, beyond just the meetups to have a podcast, the Slack um, and, a, and a lot of other kind of recurring community events. Yeah. Well, it currently, I mean, um, if the guys can can later look at the, um, the I mean, there is a dedicated uh, hub, right, mm-hmm. um, where you um, it, it, it is branded um, by mm-hmm. uh, you know under the the, the spend desk <laughs> hat, so to say, but umbrella. But it's still pretty, how to say, it, standalone. You know, initiative, right? It's very interesting. Uh, how you, you've actually managed to build all of this. Uh, as you mentioned, it started kind of organically, right, uh, by mm-hmm. demand. But um, from, from your experience, um, when you, you actually started investing into more into the community, what was the main, how to say it, like the, the main benefit that you, you've seen, you know, uh, that you've gained from, from having this community from a marketing and business perspective? Um, did you actually manage to get any new clients and conversions and um, did, did it help you, maybe help you, you know, boosting the brand awareness, certainly or retaining customers, you know, for loyalty? Yeah, no, I can, I can speak to all that. So I think uh, maybe first to kind of, you spoke to the fact that we have a separate brand. And, and that was really important to us um, from the get-go so that we could really separate the objective of the community from the objective of Spendesk, right? The business, uh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so we really wanted the objective and mission and how we measure the success of the community for the first two years was all about experience because we really knew that there is, you know, communities I think are popping up everywhere. Um, it's becoming, uh, I would say, a new playbook. But people, I think, drop them if they don't see value. And so we really wanted to protect it from becoming a, I would say, more lead generation channel. Where you Commercial. Quickly, exactly. Where you, you quickly start doing webinars. You quickly start focusing on pushing all of these people to speak to, to sales. So we actually, for the first two years, had a very tough wall that anyone in the community was not allowed to be reached out to unless they opted in for a book of demo. And so it's, it's partially why we created the separate brand as well, as we wanted it to be something that the members could feel that they wanted to relate and brand themselves with, or they felt like actually being a part of the community helped elevate their, their brand and their selves versus just being a, an advocate for a product, right? And, and how it's really impacted our, our company and our business, I'd really say in a couple of things, like one, insights. It's been just a plethora of, of, of active insights that helped 
feed both our products but our marketing. Um, and then how it's made an impact on the business is really across the funnel. So it is is a huge driver of, of traffic for us, especially now um, as we started to launch the new formats, like the podcast has become, I would say, actually one of our top engaged, even more so than our newsletter. And it also has an impact on the sales funnel. So we see if someone came through the community, it's a 35% increase on win rate. It's typically a half-time turn uh, in terms of the sales cycle. And then we even see when they become customers as well, how it drives even more value. We see typically three times the product adoption and, and two times the retention. So it's a long-term investment. And I think that's one of the things I always try to tell other marketers and then my CEO when he, when he was really pushing at first is, you know, it's something you don't want to push too quickly to see what are the customer results, because I think you'll, you'll, lose, you'll lose the essence of what, what a community needs to be. This episode is sponsored by VC Innovations. VC Innovations is a full-stack marketing services agency dedicated to innovation industries with a special focus on fintech. They work with businesses across three key areas of marketing, demand generation campaigns, and event properties, including the must-attend fintech talent festival. Check out vcinnovations.co.uk to find out more. Very interesting, yeah. And you mentioned the CEO, so and the, the fact that you have to convince <laughs> convince him about the value of the community. So, and that's I think it's probably one of uh, the the main challenges that we usually face when, and, and not only with you know building communities, but uh, doing initiatives like this. You know, like uh, another thing is like let's say investing in, in SEO. You know, um, initiatives that don't drive an instant ROI. So, um, do you, how did you uh, tackle those challenges? You know, how you how did you communicate and convince the, the management and the CEO, and how you continue <laughs> doing it? Yeah, um, I mean, early on, I'll say I was very lucky um, that he was well he he was there and heard the need and so he actually was one of the first kind of recommendations to to create the community but i think how we made it was more around maintaining it because as soon as then you know you hit you get the next growth objectives you know the head of sales comes and and sees sees uh these really great target fit people and wants to, to poach on them so i would say we used a couple tactics i think one is really onboarding the other teams to be a part of it so we have uh, both champions in CSM, um, customer success, and sales who um, feel a part of the community, either through events, et cetera, so then they can see the insights that they can bring back. We also have allowed like the product team to also be involved in well. So I think if you, if you create it where it's something that the whole company gets to really feel a part of, they'll see the impact. You know, they'll see the closeness of, of understanding the buyer. And even if they're not selling them, they'll, they'll have these great connections that they can leverage either to ask for a referral, to ask to help um, participate in some kind of webinar, maybe to ask. Um, we've, we've leveraged the community before in, um, to collect feedback on potentially like our new pricing, our new product. And so I would say that's one way. And then the other way is, I think, to really set up other uh, kind of shorter term metrics that you can report on that helps show the progress of what it's doing. And so that's where we, like I said, really focused on um, how it of the crossover between customers helps um, both drive the retention and increased product usage. 
um, that in itself helped, I would say, uh, really support the, the, big, the big benefit of the community. Awesome. That's, that's really, really good. So um, besides the, the community, um, so the, the, obviously this is plays a big part um, in your, um, you know, it's a big part of your marketing strategy and, and your whole plan. So what other tactics and in terms of um, channels um, you, you're focusing on at the moment, you know, in this year, you know, now physical events. I mean, we started, you know, slowly going back to normal. And uh, I see that people have started already organizing some events for, for the autumn, but it'll be good to, um, to maybe share your, from your perspective for what you guys are busy now with the, uh, at Spendesk. Yeah, we, I mean, we have quite a diverse channel mix. So I can say right now we drive um, 40% of our business from paid, 40% from organic, and, and 20% from our, our direct and offline. So we do quite the mix um, between the, the paid and organic. I'll say for us, some of our major channels, um, truthfully, one is content. And it, it's one I, I, I can talk forever because I think content is really is really king and has been really the foundations of our, our inbound um, because we've invested a lot in, in both SEO-oriented content but also thought leadership content. Um, so it's a huge channel for us in terms of a mix of, of medium from, from, from written to podcasts to, to webinars and video. But I would say another uh, channel that we're, we're starting to invest in a lot, as well as our partners. So both through um, resellers, through the, the accountant uh, channel program, but also through other partners as well um, within the, the ecosystem is uh, we really try to do, we see a lot of great traction anytime we can do a co-marketing opportunity between another product or service that we either directly integrate with or have um, uh, pretty comparable services. Um, that has been a, a, a growing channel for us as well. That's very interesting. And to be honest, I'm also noticing the same trend, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think now maybe that's a result of the pandemic and the fact that people, uh, there isn't that many uh, industry events, um, right? Physical events, people can't meet physically and they kind of, they're more open to to building those relationships, um, you know, and building those partnerships. Which, which is great. And, you know, you, you would actually see uh, many of those uh, industry organizations like, let's say, associations or communities. Um, and like I can give you with the, uh, like one example, like the Investment Association in the UK, for example, they, all, the, all these um, organizations, they start building their like marketplaces, you know, like uh, for startups, you know, for, for providing, you know, to, to facilitating the whole ecosystem and, and you know, building providing a platform to build those relationships and connecting the different parties so that's um and i think you're right i think partnerships um, is definitely probably one of the biggest trends uh, this year um in people um really fintech def- generally uh, tapping into those and, and taking advantage of it um awesome so and yeah, content definitely. I, I think we will continue seeing more uh, of this, um, but um, it's it's becoming more challenging, right? With all that noise everywhere, I'm also struggling like all the time. Because I would say probably ninety percent of the things I do is content. So, <laughs> so how are you, um, you know, tackling that challenge? You know, with all the uh, how, how are you making your making sure that your content is relevant, that your content, you know, is actually uh, generating the the desired results so well if you have all the tricks and tips please share them along too but i think 
content absolutely has changed a lot because I think, you know, 10 years ago, it was much easier to have only a keyword oriented content strategy, right? So you could try to capture what are the main pain search terms, product keywords, uh, and create content out of that and you would likely rank. But now that everyone has caught on to that strategy, I definitely think the challenges are rising. One of the main things that we really try to do is to create two types of content that we measure very differently. And I there is the SEO oriented content, which is is really more around driving the traffic. And then there's separate, which is much more influencer and value add content that maybe perhaps won't drive the immediate traffic right away, might not be ranking on the keywords, but we see we'll start driving more long tail value um, once it hits a referral. So I guess my my um, advice or the guidance that I, I put to the team is that the way to really stand out is to make it excellent and make it something that uh, that actually uh, provides value enough that someone wants to share it. You know, yeah. that's really the objective is to, to um, that's the bar that we want. We want people to, to be, to, to learn something and then either promote it in their network, share it with a friend. Um, so, so that's one of, our, that's one of our kind of guiding principles as we, as we look to create content. Make it shareable. That's a really good tip. <laughs> Although yeah, it's 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 always uh, it's always difficult, and and I guess it's. But what I'll also add, and probably you you would also agree, is that it's all trial and error, right? And the more you put out there, uh, you get the the better you get. So I would also say, and um, it's um, actually uh, in our last uh, week's episode of of, the, of our podcast with our mentor with Eric um, Fullwider from 11FS, he actually said exactly the same thing that, um, you know, m- many people are actually kind of obsessing with the with the quality uh, of the content and, and you, they don't produce enough to, to gather the, the, you know, the, the insights that you need to, to actually find out at the end of the day what, what, what's really that people are interested in and uh, what's, what will be trending and, and what will be, you know, like uh, shareable. So um, I think, yeah, definitely that's, that's a really good, good advice. Okay, so if you had to pick just one channel, let's say, um, if you have like a really uh, limited budget and you only need to pick one channel um, this year for, for the rest of the of the rest of the year, what what would that be? Um, I mean, I already said I think it's con. It, now I think content. it's content. It's yeah. content because it is, especially as I go back to like fintech marketing, where education is so key. Content. It really is essential at every part of the funnel, right? And, and it appeals to every aspect that you need. You want to inspire, you want to engage, you want to um, explain. And so I think uh, as much as I, I, I love, you know, paid and I think can give you uh, some more maybe quicker, actionable um, results, I, I think content is is the foundations for scaling, the foundations for standing out. So I would keep, I would keep, I would keep prioritizing content. Perfect. Well, um, these these were kind of my questions. Um, do you guys want to um, share any questions um, for Stephanie um, in the chat? Please do so before we wrap up and we move to the uh, one-on-one um, sessions. Well, Raquel's asking a, a million-dollar question. And it's, <laughs> B2B content marketing stand out. 
Um, I, there's a couple, I think one, I, I already repeated this. So I'm going to say, I think use data, honestly, find a data point that someone else doesn't have that is makes that actually can provide value. Um, I think two is have an opinion. I think that one, uh, I, we see a lot of content in, I would say, other spaces where people feel, um, where it's like HR, where people feel really uh, talk about culture. But I think there's also a real space in, in, in fintech, I think, to have an opinion. You know, people, uh, whether it even makes some people disagree, I think uh, opinionated, have an opinionated stance is good. And I think the last thing is is various formats. I think it's something we try to do as much as possible is is to to test all different kinds of things. We've now added like audio recordings on our blog. Uh, we we have uh, sometimes we put video on, sometimes video off. I think just keep it interesting and human. People are really interested in knowing the people behind it. So I guess if I could boil it down, use data have a strong, strong opinion, um, and, and, and play with different formats to make it personal. Yeah. What I can also add is I think that, um, what's really from my personal experience, and I know that many companies are quite reluctant, especially, uh, when it's, um, very early stage and you, let's say you're only five to six people <laughs> and yeah. uh, they, they want to, usually when you, when you work at a startup, like they said, they always want to make it look bigger than it is, you know, to, to look established. And, but I think at the end of the day, you mentioned the word human, um, at the end of the day, it's really about building those human relationships right um even though it's b2b so i think it's really it's really useful um to kind of get involved the whole team behind you know try to i know it's difficult people are quite reluctant doing this and they, they don't feel comfortable sharing you know like, like personal experiences and uh you know sharing the but i think if you touch on that from a even from a b2b perspective business perspective if 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 you touch on the the you know for, for example how you're building the company um you know involving the SC, the ceo you know if it's an early stage uh, uh organization you know building that employer brand around the uh the, the whole um you know marketing strategy i think it's really powerful uh because it, at the end of the day your employers uh, your your biggest brand advocates right so i think that's also um something really that that that'll be really useful <laughs> yeah no I, I couldn't agree more i think it's um i have to check myself on it all the time i think as as the the head of marketing you really have you you have such a, a pride over the brand but i think it's super important to hand over the keys to the other teams um and we for example we do a monthly um where we give different employees um access to run the social for the oh, day that's so very that interesting so that they can meet an engineer um someone on the customer care team someone on the product management team um we also have uh, i think it's right now the monthly kind of spotlight where we also shift across teams as well where they get to to publish something on our blog and so i i just mostly just backing up what you said that i think it's uh it's great to have voices beyond just marketing participate in content and uh not only does it help you produce more because you know <laughs> bottleneck but i think it also diversifies the share of voice that you have too yeah definitely thank you steph no, thank you uh any other questions guys okay um well if there isn't any further questions um i think that uh, we can um 
because it's already 22. Um, my time is seven <laughs> for you guys. So some of you is 12 or it's one. And um, yeah, I guess we can move on to the uh, the breakout sessions. Um, thank you, Stephanie, for uh, joining me today. I uh, really appreciate it. It's, it's the first event. Uh, I, I hope to to make it, you know, regular. So we we host those events. Um, I don't know, maybe once a month. Uh, it really depends on the, um, you know, demand <laughs> and how people respond. But the ultimate goal, I think, for organizing all of this is to um, provide this platform where people can actually connect and, and build uh, relationships. Uh, you know, and people from all across the world. Um, yeah, that's why actually I chose Upstream, although as we discussed earlier, uh, it might be a bit of a blocker that if first it's a new platform, secondly, uh, it asked people to create another account and to join just another app, which I think we have so many apps nowadays on our phones, for example, on the web. So, but um, hopefully uh, you guys enjoy the session and um, thank you, Stephanie, for, for sharing your insights. And uh, I definitely learned something uh, from you today. So I hope the, the rest of the guys did too. If uh, people want to, to connect with you, where they can find you? Oh, yeah. Feel free to, to message me on, on LinkedIn. I'm pretty uh, pretty responsive and active. So uh, yeah. I think I've got it in the, the invite link. So it's the easiest way to get me. Yeah. And and here on, on Upstream as well. <laughs> You yes. can actually, yeah, you can actually um, yeah, message uh, each other. So um, that that's the, the 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 one good thing about Upstream is that you can actually see everyone who's been, um, you know, who's a member, and uh, you can reach out to them and um, connect. Okay, uh, we'll start the breakouts then. Okay, thanks, Amy. Thanks for having me, and thanks for calling people for questions. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find all the information and show notes over at fintechmarketinghub.com. If you'd like to come on the podcast or just share some feedback, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. We're always looking for ways to improve the podcast. That's all for today. See you next time.